Amen. Praise the Lord. Welcome to the house of the Lord today. It's time to look to the Word of God. The message today, title is Beyond Baptism. Beyond Baptism. You may have been recently baptized and perhaps you need this word today. Or perhaps you were baptized many months or years ago and you need this word today. So let's trust the Lord to speak to our hearts. Beyond Baptism. Matthew chapter 3, 13 to 4, 1. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. And John tried to prevent him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and are you coming to me? But Jesus answered and said to him, Permit it to be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he allowed him. When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Right after Jesus was baptized, the devil showed up. I thought when I got baptized, it ended all my problems. But I found out it ended some, but created others. Right after Jesus was baptized, the devil showed up. Let's read Mark's account. Mark 1, verse 9. It came to pass in these days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And immediately coming up from the water, he saw the heavens parting and the Spirit descending upon him like a dove. Then a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Immediately, immediately, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts. And the angels ministered to him. Immediately, the Spirit drove him into the wilderness. Those are strong words. The Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness, sent him, led him into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Over the years, from time to time, people have said to me, the week after I got baptized, I had a tough week. I faced spiritual warfare, and I was out of sorts, and there was battle going on, and thoughts and feelings, and different kinds of emotions, and I had a struggle. Well, you're in good company. Right after Jesus was baptized, the devil showed up. The devil doesn't want you putting any distance between him and yourself. Every step you take in obedience to God, every step you take down the pathway of life in God and down the pathway of righteousness, it puts distance between you and Satan. He's left further and further behind, and he doesn't like it. Even before you're saved and baptized, he's there creating his mischief and trying to steal the word of God, trying to steal the process of God on your life. Mark chapter 4, verse 14. Jesus said, the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, 
Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Before you can even get out of the church doors, Satan is attempting to steal the word. The word of the gospel preacher that shared the message of salvation. The enemy wants to take off the word. Forget about what you just heard. Take the word off your heart and mind. Forget about what you felt in that congregation this morning. Forget about the joy that you saw in the faces of God's people. Forget about the atmosphere you sensed. Forget about the tug of the Holy Spirit and the gospel call. Satan wants to pull the word off, steal the word off the life so it doesn't plant and take hold and a person begins to grow and prosper in the Lord. Satan comes immediately, the Bible says. In Exodus chapter 14, the people had been saved, born again. People of God in the Old Testament came under the power of the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, and were delivered out of Egypt, the life of bondage and sin. But before they even got to the waters of baptism, the enemy was after them. He was plotting. He was fuming. He was planning to recapture them. And in Exodus 15, 9 to 10, we have a summation of what he said. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. <clears throat> I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. The marginal says, I will repossess them. These people that have been set free, that are walking with God, that have come out of the world system and broken the life of sin by the power of God, I will recapture them. I will repossess them. I, my desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind, O Lord. The sea covered them. They sank like led in the mighty waters. The enemy attempt. As soon as Jesus was baptized, the devil showed up. Now there is a divine side to this story as well. There is the demonic side. We can see the devilish side, but there is a divine side. For the Bible says that the Holy Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. The Holy Spirit sent him into the wilderness so he could overcome the devil. When we're baptized, God wants to teach us how to overcome the devil. Why this testing after baptism? Sometimes immediate, sometimes a few weeks or a few months. Why this testing? Because God wants to teach us how to overcome the devil so that he doesn't overly buffet and badger us the rest of our life, but that we know how to defeat him and we know how to overcome him, that we know how to drive him off our life. The Bible says that the devil departed from Jesus after the temptation. He departed for a season, but he was looking for an opportune time. It doesn't mean once we drive the devil off our life that he'll never be back. We know he comes from time to time with attack, but as we grow in God and we learn the weapons of our warfare, we are able to drive him back and break his power and find our deliverance and our joy and our victory. Right after baptism, one of the things God wants to teach us is greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You've been saved, you've been baptized, filled with the Spirit. 
Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. In Luke chapter 4, 1, these are the words it says about Jesus Christ. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then Luke 4, 13 to 14, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. He was filled with the Spirit, led by the Spirit into the testing of Satan, but he returned in the power of the Spirit. And so it is with us. And so it will be with us. What is the Lord desiring to teach us? What are the lessons beyond baptism? Well, number one this morning, get in the Word. Get in the Word. After baptism, get in the Word. Luke 4, 2-4. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing. And afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. The first thing God wants to teach us after we've been saved and baptized is that man does not live by bread alone, <clears throat> but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. <clears throat> that man lives by every word of God. We have to get into the word and get the word into us. If we're going to defeat the devil, if we're going to over... <clears throat> Excuse me. If we're going to overcome temptation of the enemy and testing of the enemy, we have to get into the Word. Get into the Word and get the Word into you. Read it. Study it. Learn it. Spend time in its pages. Even if you don't understand everything you're reading, read it until you can begin to quote it and speak it like Jesus did. It is written. It is written. It is written. That's how we overcome the enemy. Jesus was hungry. We all have hungers. Some hungers are legitimate. Bread is a legitimate hunger, and some hungers are illegitimate. They're not for us to fulfill. There is something that will give us victory over our natural hungers and give us victory over the hungers of the flesh, the sinful nature. And that's something is the Word of God. Our human nature cannot give us victory. Our willpower will fail us. Our good intentions will fail us. But there is something that never fails, and that is the Word of God. We believe every word He's written. His Word is a weapon. His Word is a lion. His Word is a fire. I should write a song about that. The Word of God in our lives. Read it. Read it. Learn it. Read the Bible out loud 
for half an hour a day and watch your life transform before your very eyes. The Word of God has power. The Lord leads us after baptism into a testing with Satan, and he's trying to teach us that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. There is a word. There is a scripture. There is a promise of God for every and any temptation that we will face of Satan, any struggle in our lives, and we must find that word of God. And when we speak it with power, the enemy falls before us. The word of God is the power in our lives. 1 John 2, 14. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I have written to you, young men, because you are strong. And the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. I've written to you, young warriors. You're strong because the word of God abides in you. And that's our strength. The more of the word, the stronger we'll be. Any believer, any Christian that is strong in the Lord is strong in the word. They're strong in the Lord because they're strong in the word. The power of God is working and speaking in their life. You're strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the wicked one. My, it's wonderful to overcome the devil. My, it's over, wonderful to overcome his fears and intimidation and the struggle and the battle he puts against our lives because we know the word of God. Revelation 12, 11, And they overcame him, that is the devil, by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony or by the amount of word in their testimony, in their confession. And they did not love their lives to the death. They loved his life. They loved the Jesus life as we do this morning. We overcome the devil by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of God that's in our mouth, and by the surrender to his life to prosper in us. Beyond baptism, number one, get in the word. Get in the word. Wait on the word of God. New believer and older believer, get in the word of God. Half hour a day, strengthening yourself, reading that word out loud, putting inflection to it, putting strength and faith in with that word. Your life will be transformed. God wants to teach us how to overcome the devil. And number one, he says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. That's how Jesus defeated that first temptation. Number two, learn to worship and to serve. Luke 4, 5 to 8, Then the devil, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, all the fantastic cities of the world. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. We know who the ruler of the world is. The Bible says it's clear, the God of this world, the ruler of the power of darkness is Satan. It says, all this glory has been delivered to me, and I pass it out to whomever I wish. Therefore, 
if you will worship before me, all will be yours. All the glory of this world. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Matthew's account. Matthew 4, 8 to 10. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. The second temptation. And the way we overcome the second temptation is we learn to worship. We worship God. We begin to praise the Lord, and we begin to serve God. The devil offers a lot of things. This world, its glory, he says. Everything is in his hands. The glory of the cities of this world. All the fun the lifestyle of darkness, all the pleasures of sin. He said, I offer it. He said, all you have to do is bow down and worship me. The devil wants us to bow down and worship him and give him preference in our lives. But every time we bow to the devil, we lose. And we end up in bondage. Every time we bow to him, we lose and we end up in bondage because the devil is a deceiver. He is a liar. He is a trickster. He too is trying to catch men and women. Jesus is fishing for men and women, but the deceptive angler is fishing for men and women too, and he flashes the lure to try and catch men and women. He offers the glory of this world. He, he offers the excitement of this world. Worldliness, worldly pleasure, the entertainment, the adrenaline rush of the flesh. Things that are not right for a godly man or woman. Satan puts these before. He offers the pleasures of sin, the Bible says. He hides his hand. He, he covers. He only shows the pleasure of sin. He doesn't show the regret and remorse. The Bible says in Hebrews 11.25, there is pleasure in sin for a season. Sin is fun, or no one would do it. But at the end, it brings regret and remorse and heartache and pain and brokenness. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. Satan offers fun-filled days. He offers the joy of the flesh. He offers worldliness. And there's one way to defeat it. Become a worshiper of the Lord. There's one way to get victory over worldliness, over the desires of the flesh, over this glory realm that's in this world, the fun-filled factor that's in this world and that is we begin to worship God we begin to worship God and praise the Lord and we find deliverance over the spirit of the world and we find that the pull of the world is less and less attractive to us
because we've touched the glory of God. In his presence is fullness of joy, and at his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. Learn to worship the Lord. Give yourself to worship. Give yourself to praising the Lord, and you'll break this temptation, the second temptation of the world and its desires and its pull on your spirit and on your life. Serve the Lord. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Get involved building the kingdom of God. Get involved with people. Get involved with prayer. Get involved with souls. Get along with, get on with catching men and women for the kingdom of God and being involved in the harvest. When we are busy with God's work, we don't have time for the devil's work. When we're busy with God's work, we don't have time for the devil's work. But you know the saying, an idle mind is the devil's playground. And further, an idle life is the devil's playground. We stay busy with God, learn to worship and serve the Lord. Number three, watch out. Don't get offended. Luke 4, 9 to 13. Then he brought Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Satan quoting the scripture. And Jesus answered and said to him, It has been said, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Watch out. Don't get offended. Don't tempt the Lord your God. Don't test the Lord your God. Don't put pressure on God to perform his word when you want and how you want. Don't put demand on God how he should, ful should fulfill his promises in your life according to your wish, according to your will. Satan is seeking to create a scenario to get you offended at God. That's what he did with Jesus. Create a scenario for you to get offended at God because God doesn't do what you think he should do for you when he should do it. This is the temptation of offense. This is the temptation of spiritual offense. Many believers have been taken out and fallen from steadfastness in Christ because they feel that God failed them somehow, that God didn't meet their expectation, and they became disillusioned with Christian life, and they became disappointed in God. Watch out. Don't get offended. The Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness to be tested of the devil. The Holy Spirit leads us into confrontation with the devil in this very realm so we can overcome him as well and have that same word on our hearts. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Psalm 78, verses 18 to 20. And they tested God, the people of God. 
the believers, they tested God in their heart. You can interchange the word test and tempt. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. You shall not test the Lord your God. You can use either because every test has temptation in it, in your spirit. And every temptation we face is also a test. And they tested God in their heart by asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? Behold, he struck the rock so that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide meat for his people? They tested God. They tempted God. They put pressure on God. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Can God provide bread for his people? Well, of course he can. And he did. But God forbid that we should get testy and impatient with God and tell him when and how we want the table set. We are not to jump from the pinnacle of the temple and try and force God's hand in our life. Try to force him to do something that we want done, but we do it in our own timing and in our own way. Don't jump from the temple. Is God's promise true? Do his angels take charge over those who fear him and bear them up in their hands? Yes, they do. But it's not for us to try and force God's hand to keep his word. What would have happened if Jesus had jumped from the temple? This temptation. One of the temple walls, flat area of the temple mount. The enemy said, jump down the embankment. Take a flying leap. Doesn't the word say? God will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands. What would have happened if Jesus had jumped from the temple? Would the angels have caught him? And the answer is no. And he would have hit the ground hard. And if he had been a person with a sinful nature like ours, he would have got up and been mad at God for letting him fall. Thou shalt not tempt, thou shalt not test the Lord thy God. Psalm 37 and verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself. The word means to be soft-hearted, to be pliable, to be soft before the Lord, to be yielded before the Lord, undemanding, surrendered to his will. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. It's not for us to pressure God in a carnal way concerning his promises and his word or things we want fulfilled in our life. Over the years, I've known some that have put pressure on God. Some that have wanted great wealth and started business and believing God and praying 
that God would prosper them and they'd have lots of money and riches in this life. And a few of them, when the business failed and the downturn came, they no longer had a steadfast heart with, for God. They tempted the Lord their God in their heart and we didn't, when he didn't fulfill their desires, they walked away, had no more passion for him. As long as they were believing that God was going to do this great thing, my, they were zealous. As soon as God didn't meet their timetable and their expectations, their faithfulness failed. Others that had great hopes in areas of relationships, relationships failed. And they fell away from the Lord. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It's not for us to tell God what to do and how to do it when we want it. We surrender to the Lord. We are submissive to the Lord. Jesus is Lord. I am not. Not my will, but thine be done. Lord, you know the desires of my heart. You know the cry of my spirit, <clears throat> what I'd like to see happen and unfold in my life. But I yield that over to you. I'll pray passionately. I'll pray fervently. I'll pray according to your promise. But Lord, the administration of this very thing is entirely in your hands. You make everything beautiful in your time. God makes everything beautiful in his time. John the Baptist, let me remind you, the great prophet John the Baptist, such a mighty ministry and such a great work of God in his life, but at one point he became disappointed with God. He became disheartened. He was struggling in himself, even disillusioned with what was taking place. He didn't want to disbelieve in the Christ, but at one point he found himself tempted by disbelief. At one point, the great John the Baptist was tempted by offense against God. Dedicated from the, to the Lord from the womb, 30 years of preparation under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, a 12 to 15th month ministry, little over a year of ministry. He baptized the Christ. He saw a nation turn to God, a nation transformed by the power of God through repentance and the waters of baptism. And then as quickly as his ministry began, it ended. And John found himself in prison, cold, dark, lonely prison. He knew he could lose his head at a governor's whim. He struggled, struggled in himself, didn't know how to handle himself, what was going on. He had such dreams. Can you imagine the dreams that he had in his heart? The wonder of what God was going to do, Jesus Christ and the great kingdom of God. And now as quickly as it began, it ended, and he was all alone in that prison cell, and he was struggling and fighting in his spirit. He sent two of his disciples, Matthew 11, finally couldn't, couldn't hold back. Matthew 11:2. and when John had heard in prison 
about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to him, Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see, and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Wow. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Jesus said, blessed is he who does not stumble because of me. Because I don't do for that person what they expect me to do in their lives. John the Baptist, you're included. Blessed is he who is not offended in me. Our life is a life of surrender to the will of the Lord. A 15-month ministry and it's over? So be it. We're in the hands of the Lord. Prison cell, persecution, loss of life, we're in the hands of the Lord. This temptation of offense with God is something that the Holy Spirit has to teach us. The Holy Spirit leads us up against the devil in this confrontation because the Holy Spirit wants to teach us how to overcome offense toward God. That temptation inside of us, when our expectations aren't fulfilled, when our dreams aren't fulfilled, when our ministry expectations aren't fulfilled, when situations and circumstances in life don't work out as we envision them according to the promise of God, what do we do with our struggles? We yield ourselves to the Lord. We surrender to the Lord because he is Lord and I am not. He is Lord and you are not. We stay pliable. We stay surrendered regardless of the struggle, the heartache, the difficulty, the circumstance and pain. We must say surrender to the Lord. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. Worship team, please come this morning. Right after Jesus was baptized, the devil showed up. But the Holy Spirit also showed up to teach Jesus how to triumph victoriously on the field of battle. And the Lord is here. The Holy Spirit is wanting to teach us the same lessons. Holy Spirit is wanting us to overcome the devil so we don't live under that intimidation and fear and bondage and oppression all the days of our life. That spirit of heaviness. The Holy Spirit wants to teach us. Don't be surprised at the battle. Jesus went into battle right after baptism. And maybe you have too this morning. And maybe we have months or years down the line. But the Lord wants us to triumph in Jesus Christ our Lord. It is written... Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Get in the word. It is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. Get busy for God. Be fervent in his presence. Become a worship warrior. Become a praiser of the Lord and see the triumph and the deliverance that's in your life. For the Bible says we triumph in his praise. It is written, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
And so the promises and the word of God are before all of us, and we call out for those promises. But in every situation of our heart and life, we surrender to the Lord for his work and his timing and his will and his way. Let's stand together this morning.